Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Hey, it's Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon. It's Hockey Central for one full hour to talk hockey right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Kevin Woodley coming in at 1230 from In Goal Magazine, and he does all kinds of cool stuff when it comes to goaltenders, and he is one of the more cerebral um, insiders we have. Always interesting to hear his spin. He's, he's different, and I really, really like him, so we'll hear that coming up at 1230 with Ryan Pinder. And, yes, it's uh, time to start voting on Craft Hockeyville and a little bit of a Sasky uh, connection to that. We'll do that at about 1250 or so. But first... Let's kick off the show and talk to Lou. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. We didn't uh, have the ability to, to lock it down when we needed to in the, in the final minutes there. So, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. This was a big trip for us and um, a couple tough losses uh, Online is myself and, you know, the other leaders. We've got to make plays under pressure, and and that's the difference. Yeah, that was a difference. And, Lou, if you would have uh, had a chat with me early on before we started the season and said that the Ottawa Senators were going to be the difference on the Flames not making the playoffs, and right now that's what it looks like. When you talk about the points they didn't get against Ottawa, you talk about the points that other teams have gotten against them. It's a huge, huge difference, and I, I, I wouldn't have believed you, but it's, it's one of those things. It's, in some ways, I think Flames fans maybe, maybe are okay with this. Not okay with that's the wrong word to use, but we know what we're seeing right now, if that makes any sense. Where do you see it all? Well, it does. It makes perfect sense, Kelly. And I did happen to mention before the start of the season that I thought those pesky Ottawa Senators would be the difference between one pretty good team not making the playoffs. I didn't know that it potentially could be the Calgary Flames, but I I really did think that the Senators were going to play a role in the race because of how even in many ways the rest of the groups were and my uh, lifelong feeling about playoff teams is playoff teams generally don't lose a lot of games during the course of seasons to teams not in the playoffs. And I've believed that for as long as I've been around and watching sports and, and that hasn't changed. So, you know, Mark in many ways, Kelly said it all, and it's not just about the last two games, I don't think, or about the season. And, You know, this team shows us lots of great flashes. They have good pieces. In fact, I think, you know, my idea all year is that in many ways what this group is trying to do is identify and build a new core underneath the current core. But you will also know me well enough to know that I always feel that the time to truly evaluate where you are is not when it's easy is when it's hard. Oh, exactly. And, yeah. And and in the most key moments, at key times, even over the last few years, I find that we're pointing to a lot of the same places and a lot of the same things. And that's how I truly make sense of it. And look at the two games in particular. Now, you arrived at it different, 
But were you overwhelmed by Ottawa? No, absolutely not. Um, but you take the Monday game, Kelly, you fight your tail off to score the tying goal, and right after you score the tying goal for the next two and a half minutes, Ottawa turns it up and turns that into a game-winning goal. Yeah. Last night, it's it's the opposite. You have the one nothing lead. You're protecting it. You're doing a nice job. And in the third period, you make a mistake when you're not scoring a lot of goals. I mean, you know, your margin for error, wouldn't you say, is really, really minute. And then after Josh Norris ties the game at one, you go into a stretch of five or six minutes of hockey where at 1-1, you do not look the least bit comfortable. And in fact, to put it in proper perspective, it was the inexperienced Ottawa Senators that looked really comfortable at 1-1, not the Calgary Flames. Yeah, exactly. And and the squeezing of the sticks, you can just tell. I thought it was a pretty good first period from the Flames. And some yeah. of those some of those pucks, if you're if you're having good luck and having a good day, they go in. But they didn't last night. If you're up two nothing or something like that, you know, good night, Irene, that you get your two points and move on. But it didn't happen that way. And just some weird stuff where Markstrom has a, a chance to smother it and and then just kind of passes it off when the guys are exhausted and there's just all kinds of weird mistakes that just keep coming back. And the and I get Logan in this too. Uh, guys that just I'm just surprised at at maybe sort of a step back that a lot of the prospects and these young guys that we thought were going to take a step up, they've taken a step back. It's really surprising. Logan, maybe you first, and then we'll get Lou. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's a fragile group, and I don't know where that started or what's, you know, predicated it, Lou, because they, they sent the third period came in, and they're so afraid of, of making a mistake that it, it winds up hurting their game. I mean, that third period was just the ice was tilted the exact opposite way. And uh, I, you guys talked about it in the post game. I was lucky enough to listen on my way home. And this team is just so much more comfortable being the hunter than being the hunted that they, they struggle in those sort of situations. And for a team like Ottawa, where the expectations were low coming in, they don't have anything to lose, they go out and play that way, it was just, it feels like the perfect storm running against the Flames like that. Well, Logan, I always believe, and it's two things. Understand that winning in sports requires a lot. It, it requires a lot. And it, is it easier to play with house money than have the pressure on you? Yes, it is. But the best teams in sports get that way because two things. They can play it anyway, and they feel comfortable in every situation that regardless of what is dictated to them or whether they dictate that they can get to a really good end result. And this team is not at that place. They're not at that place. And, you know, again, it's not the time or the day necessarily to, you know, jump off the ship. There's there's still lots of points on the table and there's lots of games left. But we can't sugarcoat this either. And 
you can say all the right things. We can say all the right things. We can, we can go through different experiences, all of us, all of us. And, you know, you have to, at a certain point, learn from experiences. And, Kelly, I know that you believe in this 100% after all the time. And if I've missed it, please tell me I've missed it. But it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to be able to go out and execute when it's difficult. Oh, exactly. And isn't and isn't that really, you know, where we're at? And yes, are there young players that, frankly, that's what gives me great hope. What gives me great hope is I see a lot of great pieces still on this team. That's That's what gives me hope when I go to the rink every day and get a chance to watch Dylan Dubé and Yuso Valimaki and Elias Lindholm and um, Rasmus Anderson. And, you know, some of those guys, including Rasmus, have had, they've had a tough time. They've had a tough they time. Yeah. And, and maybe that's not, and we always talk about this on this show, uh, you and I, and, and we always talk about the graph and, and the curve for, for young players. Yeah. And everybody, you know, because we're the, I heard you talking about on the, on the pregame yesterday, everybody wants it, fix it now, I want immediate results, and that's just the way we are, but it's like, oh, it doesn't work that way in hockey, it doesn't work that way in a lot of sports, and guys will have no. ups and downs, and I think of, of somebody like Rasmus who, boy, I think maybe, you know, we thought he was just going to be penciled in, and he's just going to be there for 10 years, and he's going to be the best defenseman in Western Canada, blah, blah, all this kind of stuff, it's like, well, hang on. You know, there's some adversity going on, and it's crazy times out there right now. And and he's in different roles at different times, and the pressure's on him. And 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 you're just seeing that. Um, and it's I think it's frustrating, obviously, for Flames fans because they want to put their arms oh. around this team. They want to see a good result. You know, we got a lot more time on our hands to watch and listen, and it just isn't happening. Um, and it's that much more frustrating because you look at these guys on papers like. Goodness sakes! You should not be have your show run by the Ottawa Senators. It just it just shouldn't happen, guys. Did I blow you away with my, yes, my thoughts there? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm here. Okay, so hang on, hang on, hang on, uh, hang on, Logan. Let's where do you come? Where do you come out on that, Logan? Like it just it's just Flames fans just really thought there was going to be something a little bit different, and yeah. You know, is there a modicum of chance that they'll make the playoffs? Yeah, it's going to be tight, and, and usually it never happens that way. But it's just been one of those things. It's like, what happened in, in for this team in in uh, in February and March? It, well, it, it's, yeah. yeah, here, I'm just going to get Peter Labardi. Okay, get Lou back on. So, you know, I, I know I've blown everybody away with my takes, and, uh, you know, I really... Uh, <laughs> Takes so hot, the phone line can't handle it. Right, Lou? My takes are so hot, we can't handle it. You know, that's crazy. But we're just talking about how, you know, Flames fans wanted wanted result wanted results, wanted something to happen. And we saw at the beginning of the season, okay, we saw the playoffs last year. There's some, you know, we got a, you know, better defenseman. We got a better goalie. We got that situation. Here we go. And even when they hired Daryl, it's like, all right, here we go. And then... You know, March has turned into be a bit of a bit of a nightmare for the team so far. Still, some time well, to go. And, and what really brings out the emotion, Kelly, in many ways, is losing five times to the Ottawa Senators. 
that 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 to me, you know, ratchets everything up a bunch. And um, but the other thing that you have to give some perspective to is is this is a different year. You're in a different division. I don't know if you've heard me say this, Kelly, recently, but, you know, even when I listen to other markets, you know, I, I had a I had a listen the other day to my good friend Ken Weeb and Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet. They do a little Instagram show after a Jets loss. And, again, every time I tune in in a Canadian market outside of Ottawa where there's no expectation, after a loss, it's like the whole world this year has collapsed. Yeah. And I'm not kidding when I say oh. that. It does. It does. Remember, Vancouver. Well, that's in a trash can. Um, you lose two to Ottawa and Montreal. Well, that leads to a coach firing. We know all about what's happened here. You know, the Leafs are ready to win the Stanley Cup after they go into Edmonton, sweep the Oilers, win thirteen to one by aggregate, but then after that, win one of their next seven. And even in Edmonton, it's like, well, the roof collapsed after Toronto came in and gave you a lesson. Yeah. So, so we live in a day-to-day, we want all the answers, and we want the answers after things go wrong. But you have to take a step back sometimes and, and think about the body of the work. And is it acceptable to lose five games to the Ottawa Senators? No. Remember last year, Kelly? One of the conversations in hockey is when the Montreal Canadiens lost four times to the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, exactly. And, and how many times have we talked about, you know, when back when, when Daryl was the GM, his, his big concern is how the Flames would play in warm weather spots in California and Arizona. And that was a thing where there was just points that were kind of squandered. Um, you know, obviously there's some, you know, some teams that were a lot better back then, but and some a lot worse too. It's just one of those things when you say, you know, you're looking at the the map and say, well, I mean, they should be able to handle themselves against Ottawa. And just, I guess the big question is like, where is the offense? Like, what is what is happening? And, you know, we see Sean Monaghan, you know, struggling um, and then flashes. And I know you heard, uh, we were talking about on the on the pregame that there could be an injury. But then it's like then Flames fans are going, well, then, then sit him and get him get him healthy. Like, what's he out there at at? Three quarter speed, it's not working. So, it's just one of those things. That I hear everybody. I see it on on the text. It is frustrating, guys. We get it. And and sure enough, you know the Flames, you know could, could easily get after Winnipeg and make and make it happen three games in a row. I mean, not, nothing surprises me anymore. Kelly, let me ask you this question. Okay. Who for who for you? Let's talk about offense for a second. Who for you, when you think about the most talented offensive player and who you would say above anybody has the keys to the offensive car for the Calgary Flames? Johnny Gaudreau and, well, and a lesser effect, uh, effect Sean Monaghan. But Gaudreau is, is a special player that can make really amazing plays out of nothing and has an incredible touch with the puck. Has Johnny Gaudreau, for your liking been anywhere near dangerous enough nope. and has one even strength goal in 20 games no nope. is that is that moving the needle for you he hasn't done that thing where he kind of keeps the puck away from people and finds that trailer and gets the puck to them and then the goalie doesn't know uh, you know to you know water wind his watch 
haven't seen that. And that's, that was classic Johnny doing that thing. And he was really good at it at home. And ha- I haven't seen that where it's like, oh, here it goes. They're going to they're gonna get sucked in and look out. Here comes the D-man. Boom, it's in the net. And we just haven't seen that at all, really. Have we seen that at a high enough level? And again, I know this sounds very critical and on one person, and I don't want it to be because it's very much collective. Sean plays a part for sure. Your team game plays a massive part. Your ability to defend well and spend. Kelly, honest to goodness, and and I know that this isn't always the most popular sentiment, but when you spend, go back a lot of games when those individuals are on the ice, and, and sometimes one individual, and ask yourself this question. Of a 50-second shift, which, by the way, Johnny Gaudreau going into yesterday, his shifts were four seconds longer than any other player on the team. So do with that what you want. But I do know this. If you're spending 35 seconds or 40 seconds of that shift in your own zone, and that's not all on one person, but if your details are not good in there, Daryl Sutter talks about having the puck in the fun zone. Johnny Gaudreau is great with the puck in the fun zone. But if I'm not spending a lot of time in the fun zone, even like yesterday when I am set up to start the majority of my shifts in the fun zone, that tells me that the details are not where they need to be. No. And and he has one of those, you know, he's a smaller guy, so when he has to play in the non-fun zone, but the important zones, he's just going to have to be smarter than the guy he goes into the corner with. And and that's just how he has to play. That's all, all small players have to, have to do it. And you get that with your smarts, and you get that with energy, and, it, and you can't be stuck out there in a situation. So I don't know if that's a situation where he's trying too hard or, or some of the other players, and... You know, the, the guys on the morning show talked about uh, Matthew Kachuk and where, where has he been? It's been a noticeable decline since the whole thing with Jake Muzzin and stuff. It's, 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 it's obvious something, something was wrong after that. I don't know if it's an injury or where he's playing, but when you think about those two players, if it doesn't matter who your third-pairing defense is, it doesn't matter who's on the fourth line if those guys aren't getting you goals you're not going to win a lot of games and you're not going to generate offense and that's where we're at right now unfortunately kelly wouldn't you put it this way because here's how i would put it so expectations of anyone whether it's your partner whether it's a teammate whether it's a team you cheer for those expectations are derived for a reason they really are you don't get expectations of teams and people with no reason to have them. But where the frustration kicks in and how to get to a better place, and it really is about stepping back, assessing it, and understanding, well, have we overvalued? Are we asking too much? Or frankly, on the other side, are we not asking enough? And I think as a Flames, if you want to call it a Flames fan base, the hard part right now is with a lot of 
key core guys on this team who are trying and who care, and it's not because they don't want it to be different. Are you seeing a lot of progression no. or regression? Regression, yeah, that's that's the tough part. Lou, we want to just stop for a second because I think Logan's got something he wants you to react to as we got some, some semi-breaking news. Logan, what you got? Uh, Lou, from David Cochran of CBC, uh, the federal government poised to approve a seven-day quarantine with extra testing for NHL players traded from American teams to Canadian teams before the April 12th trade deadline. Wait a minute. Uh, that's coming from a federal government source saying that uh, all provinces with NHL teams have approved that measure. That is some rather large news ahead of the uh, NHL's trade deadline. That's seven it days worth of news. That's huge news. Yeah, seven days is a lot different than 14, isn't it, folks? It, um, it, it absolutely will pave the way in the race, in the COVID situation, in a 56-game schedule. If certain trades were being held up by that, this makes it far, far easier if it means you're going to have to wait a week rather than yeah. two, especially at this time. And Ooh. the other thing is waiting two weeks before, well, two weeks is one thing. Doesn't, doesn't it, fellas, turn into more like three by the time, you know, you got to get into your new team and, you know, you've been off for a long time. It could almost be closer to a month, to be frank, by the time you're up and – you know, ready to go with your new group. Exactly. Yeah. So it just, yeah, this is going to be, well, it's going to make April 12th a lot more interesting around uh, here, I think, which is good. Mm-hmm. We kind of like that. <laughs> Lou, we're going to leave it there. Tomorrow we'll dig in deep to the uh, Winnipeg Jets and see what we can uh, come up with there as the Flames will start uh, the first of three against the Jets. Uh, lots to lots to dig in and see what's going on in the practice. And, of course, tomorrow it is Friday, and we like to start Fridays off. Oh, yeah. With a little bit of a bang, a little bit of fun. Well, I got Lou's mailbag for maybe uh, maybe a big old steak for somebody. So let's do that tomorrow. Have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay. Have a good one, everybody. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. I'll tell you, Logan's just breaking news all over the place. We've got a bunch of stuff going on in the uh, the NBA. It's its trade deadline day, so the Raptors are unloading that no Kyle Lowry yet though but Norm Powell's in Portland is that what we hear yeah Norm Powell on his way to the Trailblazers in exchange for a couple of players and uh, they've also traded Matt Thomas uh, he's been dealt as well okay so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that through trending nows and I know the guys will have it later on today Will Nalt joins at one o'clock we're going to talk goaltending because it is so important Kevin Woodley joins Ryan Pinder on Thursdays during the nine and it's just so interesting to to you got you kind of go to school with him so he's going to talk about you know why carter hart maybe is struggling a little bit he's going to talk a little bit about the the vancouver goalies and what he's seeing with jacob markstrom we'll do that next want to remind you that our master's pool is coming up yeah it's time for a little contest make some fun uh calgary lock and safe of course they're giving us a safe and 500 bucks to put in that safe so uh, get to our website, go to contests, and I know you're probably going to wait till uh, the pool, the actual bracket isn't up because we wanted to wait to see, you know, this weekend and that sort of thing. So it won't be just a straight pool. There'll be some, Ryan's a little twisted, so Pinder always likes to put a little uh, 
little twist on things. So we'll uh, we'll do that and and see who can win that. That'll be kind of fun as uh, April Mains Masters, which is going to be absolutely awesome. All right, take a break. Woodley's next right here on Sportsnet 960. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, big show coming up at 1 o'clock with Will Nault, Steinberg in at 2 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. We do have some, I guess, breaking news that is, uh, you know, reliant on hockey, but it actually comes from the government world. What do you have for us, uh, Logan, as uh, things might uh, heat up in the old NHL trade deadline with this news? Uh, David Cochran of CBC reporting that the federal government uh, poised to approve a seven-day quarantine with extra testing for NHL players that get traded from American teams to Canadian teams before the April 12th trade deadline. Uh, the source that uh, told David this says that all provinces with NHL teams have approved these measures. We're just now waiting on that official word from the government. So that's you know cutting your quarantine time down in half uh, ahead of the trade deadline. And we've heard teams like the Maple Leafs, obviously, Looking to add pieces, and you were looking at a 14-day quarantine before. This certainly changes uh, that mindset for a number of teams now. Does it ever. Now, April 12th is the trade deadline. We haven't had, like, hardly any any trades, like, at all, really, this year, which is not surprising with with COVID and, you know, 14 days and teams really strapped, all that kind of stuff. But maybe uh, maybe this means the Mighty 960 you got to get the pizza in for the guys and do that again. <laughs> Although <laughs> everybody's separated, so I don't know how that's going to yeah, work. Yeah, maybe you know. not. Just you and I will have the pizza. That's sure. all right. We'll that works. That. I'll be fine with that. Um, so Kevin Woodley is one of those guys we, we've uh, signed up to be an insider. And uh, Pinder always finds these guys that are just a, a little off the beaten path. And uh, he is very interesting when it comes to goaltending. He studies it like no other. And I guess, I guess Logan, he was kind of, pontificating about what exactly happened as the Ottawa Senators put in a goalie he'd never played before, and he looked unbelievable for the Flames, and he looked rough when they played their farm team, which is kind of weird. Yeah, Kevin goes on, uh, and we'll hear from him in just a second here, to kind of describe what he saw from afar and you know, maybe mention that as maybe it was a good performance from young Philip Gustafson, but uh, maybe it was also a team rallying around a young goaltender and making life a little bit easier on him. Here's Kevin on the performance of Philip Gustafson uh, last night specifically against the Flames. Uh, you know, a team that, that played, you know, for the most part, pretty well. Like, this wasn't Superman. Um, tell me if I'm wrong there. Like, this was not a, you know, heroic, uh, this kid's going to win a Vesna performance. It was really good goaltending, but there was also, you know, there was a, a rally and a, and a defensive effort in front of him that was pretty good as well. And here's the other thing, and, and this is, a lot of people kind of find this hard to believe from the outside, but the number of goaltenders, Ryan, over the years that have told me that the game is easier at the National Hockey League level than it is at the AHL level, and it depends what kind of goaltender you are, but if you're, if you're a guy who you know, really relies on reads, um, they're easier in the NHL because guys do what they're supposed to do. Um, they're where they're supposed to be. They hit the shots they're supposed to make. There's less mistakes. There's less scrambles. There's less broken plays. And so for a young kid who's played mostly at the American Hockey League level, there might have been elements, as crazy as it sounds, because the shooters are better, the players are faster, but there are elements of the game in the NHL that are easier. And, um, you know, this is tough for the Flames, I know, but from the goaltending world, you're kind of looking at it and, 
kind of hard not to feel good for the kid. 100%. Yeah, a fourth stringer and a guy that seemingly was buried on the depth chart at the start of the year. That's a nice story, not to mention the ailment he's got with his hands. Do you have any intel on this? Have you uh, heard much about this ailment where blood to his hands is an issue and he gets nervous and he actually has to heat up his, his hands when he gets nervous and he was putting heat pads on them at the bench? So this is wild. Okay, so um, you just scooped me, the nice. goalie guy. I did yeah. not know this. Um, but you also just gave me a really good story idea, so I'm, I'm going to be sort of texting their goalie coach as soon as we get Immediately. off. Immediately. To, to, to find out a little bit more about this, Ryan. So thank you for that. And, and, and you know, you, I always like to say uh, that I don't like to talk out of my ass, which is why we, you know, we, we share notes on story ideas back and forth. And that one, to be honest with you, I just I, I don't know. I don't have an answer there. That's fascinating to me. Um, you know, interesting yeah, really, really interesting, and, and obviously would be quite problematic for a goaltender to lose feeling in their hands. Now, I, as a beer leaguer, my guys assume that I've lost all feeling in my hands right. for the last 10 years of playing goal, but yeah. at the National Hockey League level, I think that might be problematic. That's my excuse for not scoring on breakaways. Sorry, guys, I got an ailment. There's just blood, hands. I just can't really, you know, feel on the stick, pick handling. No, just not. Yeah, no, that wasn't I'm me. nervous. It's, you guys stop no. putting so much pressure on me. That's this right. is what happens. Uh, and you but said I mean, you're not good, comfortable good, feel talking. Good story for sure for the kid. And and yeah. another lesson, like, listen, I'm, we're not. This isn't necessarily the start of anything. It might be, but it's not necessarily. But another lesson why, like, these things happen. You know, like I'm not saying he's the next Jordan Bennington after two starts. But whether we're talking about Chris Dreger with a 9.28, um, like this is why you don't go long term. On goaltending, this is why you keep your options open because guys evolve, guys adjust, guys come out of nowhere that you may have pegged as number four or five and they can outperform your, your two or three. And so keeping your options open as a franchise um, is, is never a bad idea. Let's get to uh, the homework assignment of last week. The Philadelphia Flyers are in a tough way, and I feel for them a bit because that division – is an absolute nightmare. It appears they're going to miss the playoffs, and I don't know how much of that's on their play. They're three games over five hundred, but uh, it's the Bruins, the Penguins, the Capitals, and Islanders in the same division of them, and that leaves them with a pretty low probability of getting in. I looked this morning. Per one side, it was around 20%, and Carter Hart hasn't been very good. The numbers are way off after a sensational campaign last year, and as we teased last week, after making a transition from junior to pro hockey look really easy, which isn't supposed to happen. What have you seen there? A couple of things. So we started by talking about environment and, and not existing in a vacuum. And that is a tough defensive environment. I looked up the numbers at ClearSight Analytics to try and get a better sense of, you know, how much, what, what role shot quality might be playing in this in terms of how bad are they defensively, right? Because they're not good. Our eye test tells us they're not good. Um, and he has the fourth lowest expected save percentage. So in other words, the lower fourth your expected save percentage, the tougher it is, right? Fourth, low, fourth lowest in the National Hockey League. But here's the thing. And this didn't get talked about a lot last year. He was also in the bottom of the league last year. Like, this was a bad defensive, maybe not this bad, but it was, it was not far from it last year. And he outperformed it. This year, he is underperforming it by a significant margin. Um, only Matt Murray in Ottawa is worse by the numbers I have right now. And so um, I, I went deeper. I looked at what types of plays are they giving up more than anyone else 
Um, and how's he playing them? How, and now let's match that to the video. Let's look at the eye test. And um, a lot of lateral plays, what we call slot line plays at ClearSight Analytics, shots that come um, right after either a carry across the middle of the ice or a pass across the middle of the ice, plays that force a goaltender to go from one side to the other. And if you think about it, you know, people will be like, well, what's the big deal, one side to the other? If a pass goes from the face-off dot to the face-off dot, as a goalie, the crease is only six feet wide. Like that's a, that's a less than a six foot push for me as a goaltender to get from one side to the other to beat that pass or match that pass. But I have to rotate. If you think about facing the dot at one side to facing the dot, it's a, it's like a full like rotation turn from one side of the ice to the other. And that makes it a harder play. And the numbers that they have at clear sight show how much harder he has faced um, the fourth most of those types of shots, and he has the lowest expected save percentage on those. It's like 660. So he's faced a lot of really difficult cross-ice passes this year. When I look at the video, those are plays that... The thing about Carter Hart is he used to beat those plays a lot on his skates, and now he's getting spread out on them. And I don't know how much of that is confidence... And it's obviously been, it's taken a beating this year. But I also don't know how much of that is mechanics. I see some adjustments in his stance. He's got fingers up with, it, with his glove so that those sort of fingers are pointed to the sky with sort of a higher glove position. Um, and I, it looks like that's changed a little bit of his mechanics. He's a lot more hunched over as those plays get in tight, um, sort of cut at the waist. Think of it as if you were looking straight on him as he gets hunched over and sort of bent over at the waist, the, the, the logo almost disappears on you. And what that does to you mechanically is you get hunched over like that. In order to make that rotation, in order to make that push across, you're kind of widened out in your stance. You have to kind of open up that lead leg before you can push. And it takes you to the ice earlier um, it sort of leaves you in that quote-unquote spread, spread out more often. And so, again, that's what I see in the video. The guy that, that set the world on fire the last couple of seasons, you know, he beats so many of those plays, even ones he probably shouldn't have, that other guys don't. This is what set him apart with good early rotation and movements that allowed him to get set and square on pucks that most guys were chasing. Now – he looks like he's like everyone else. He's down, chasing, sprawled, spread out on a lot of those plays. And I, what I can't tell you, Ryan, is did the degree of difficulty on those plays change so much that he can't beat them on his skates anymore? Uh, have the mechanical change he appears to be making in his stance affected his ability to get across? Uh, is that something they're actively trying to change or trying to go back to? I heard him recently talk about getting back to his foundation. And to me, his foundation is his setup and his skating, and those look a little off. Or is it simply confidence? Like, you've been beat down by a team that's struggling to defend. You don't trust your reads. Um, you don't trust your your team's ability to sort of live up to their end of the bargain on your reads. The lateral plays are getting through, and so you retreat a little in your net. You get a little lower and wider and loaded up the push, and you come across spread out and sprawled more than you used to. There are a lot of different reasons for it, but I can tell you what in terms of both the numbers and the eye test, that's the biggest difference in Carter Hart to me from last year to now. Yeah, and I, I, I think the, the disclaimer at the beginning is the most important one when we started on uh, Gustafson. Like, environments matter. Environments are a huge part of goalie results. 
And to say Philly's a tough environment, sure, I believe it. But where One of the, the toughest, yeah. Where yeah. the well, gap yeah, is at interesting. At the same time, Thatcher Demko here in Vancouver, I don't want to say it's the similar environment, but in terms of his expected save percentage overall, it's, it's right there with, yeah. with Carter's. It's just that he's outperforming it significantly. Right. Now, what gets missed is, as much as there are a lot of tough chances here, just as there are in Philly, there's also they give up a lot of shot volume in Vancouver. And those, we've talked about this with Markstrom when he was here, those easy ones sometimes help you build that confidence so sure. that when the tough ones come, you're feeling good about your game. And when I look yep. at Carter, I'm, there's not quite the same ratio. I don't know that he's getting enough easy ones in Philly yep. to build up that confidence. And to my point, Brian Elliott in the same environment is nearly 20 points better by save percentage and a full goal per game better. That is wild discrepancy in the same theoretical environment. That tells the story, doesn't it? Well, it doesn't. And his, his numbers, it's interesting because earlier in the year when the gap was even bigger, um, his environment wasn't as tough. But now it started to come down to where Carter's has been in terms of, again, just the raw numbers. And we've seen the results fall off as well. And we've seen this before. And it, this is why, again, you, it, it, it's not always apples to apples when you're comparing two goalies within the same system. I talked about this last year in Pittsburgh, that Tristan Jari had the easiest, at least statistically, environment in the entire National Hockey League. And so he had these great statistics, and it was easy to anoint him as the number one, and it was easy to beat up on Matt Murray. But Matt Murray's expected environment was like 20 points lower. It was the, one of the biggest discrepancies Weird. I've seen. And maybe you can explain some of it, because Tristan handles the puck well, and, and the team feels good about getting out of its own end because of And same with Lundqvist, right? Like, with Shesterkin, the environment was better. He handled the puck well. They got out of their own end cleaner. They spent less time chasing in there. Things like that, goalies can influence that to a degree agree but sometimes it's just an anomaly and so Jari was a guy who I expected to come back down to earth because there's no way that environment now that he played more of the games was going to stay as goalie friendly as it was last season and you know another one would be Jake Allen and Jordan Bennington Um, Allen's had a great year last year in St. Louis Uh, by the raw numbers you would suggest that he was better than Jordan Bennington but Bennington played behind a much tougher defensive environment in the games he started so when we talk about that when we talk about you know, the, you know, sort of that not existing in a vacuum, it can be even within the same team, there can be wide discrepancies. There you go, Kevin Woodley, earlier today, right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, talking all things goaltender. Really interesting to hear from him as talked about Carter Hart a little bit there and, uh, you know, rookie goalies and how they do their things. So always interesting to, to follow up on him from In Goal Magazine. We're going to talk about Kraft Hockeyville coming up in just a little bit. By the way, we're live today from the Iconic Studio, powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. Love our studio and love the relationship we have with those great people. We've been doing stuff with them for us, getting close to five years now. It's absolutely awesome. All right, we'll take a break, and we will talk about Saskatchewan. It's the closest place that we can vote for... uh, Craft Hockeyville. We'll see. Uh, we'll see their pitch next, right here on Sportsnet 960. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, talk to uh, a little uh, different hockey right now. Craft Hockeyville. This has been kind of a cool thing where, you know, um, we we find out who who gets to do this and what what little town gets a a big refurbishment of their arena or whatever they happen to be doing, and they also get a 
a preseason game, which is kind of cool. And so we uh, got the list, and what do you know? My old stomping grounds of Lumsden, Saskatchewan, just a little north of Regina there in the Capel Valley, is uh, has been nominated, has made the final, and uh, Jamie Lees is joining us now. How are you today? I'm great, and yourself? We're doing awesome. How is uh, how is Saskatchewan doing this this oh, fine day? We are pretty pumped up right now. Everyone is rallying behind because we've never won this before, so we're really excited about that. So, so Craft Hockeyville, uh, Lumsden, Saskatchewan. Tell us. I mean, the the these these arenas in small towns. Everybody knows they are the lifeblood. They are the the hub for people to to uh, you know hang out and do their thing and socialize. What? Uh, What's the Lumsden Arena in? What kind of repairs? It's been a while since I played hockey out there, like maybe like forty years. So, um, tell me, it's gotten some improvements since then. <laughs> I'm hoping it looks a little bit better than it did then, for sure. But uh, we're feeling a little bit of, uh, I guess, lost revenue right now because we normally have our Lumsden Duck Derby. That's our big rink supporter, and due to good old COVID, we had to have that shut down. So we're looking for Craft Hockeyville to support us and get some funds back into the rink again. So what's the story when people want to vote? I mean, it's just a, basically you, you log online, just Google Craft Hockeyville, and there'll be the, uh, we won't even talk about the other nominees. Like, who cares about them, right? This is the West is best. And they just kind of just vote and, and, and just get the word out kind of thing. What, what uh, is that maybe mostly the simplest way of doing it? Yeah, absolutely. So April 9th and 10th is when voting is open. And for 32 hours straight, we want people to vote to show their support. So they just click on Lumps and Sask once they get into the Craft Talkieville site there and keep on voting. So how much cash is up for grabs here if you guys win? If we win the big grand prize, it's $250,000 and then that preseason game. So it's pretty exciting. How much? And that would obviously help you guys out a lot with your arena. You could do all kinds of stuff with that. Huge. Yeah. Our biggest focus right now is building our female hockey program and we're looking to expand and add some change rooms to really empower those girls and make them feel like it's a home for them too. Well, that's cool. So give, give us uh, give us the scoop because we're going to get everyone. We'll tell everyone that listens to this mighty station to help out our neighbors to the east. And especially we have, you know, I always say Calgary's the biggest city in Saskatchewan, right? There's lots, lots of us <laughs> expats. So, so give us, give us the scoop, Jamie, how we, how we vote. Absolutely. No, we appreciate it. And we know that Calgary has a lot of Saskatchewan fans there. So thank you for that. If they just go to www.crafthockeyville.ca um, on, like I said, April 9th and April 10th, then they'll be able to click on Lumps in Saskatchewan and just keep on voting. So after a while, they'll probably click, kick you out and say that that robot command will come in or whatever the case. I'm not a robot, but just keep on going past that and keep on voting. And when do you guys know when's the big draw? Or the, uh, the um, unveil. So we find out, yeah, so they announced live on Sportsnet on April 10th. So we will be watching that that big announcement, and hopefully we are victorious. Okay, well, that's cool. And who knows, you know, a lot of times they use the Flames as a, as the team that plays in the preseason. It might be a Flames-Jets thing or something. That would be kind of cool. So hope that you guys awesome. win, and I uh, hope everyone gets out to vote, and uh, go Lumsden, go. We appreciate you taking some time out today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Go Lumsden. All right. There we go. Craft Hockeyville. So uh, vote for Lumsden, Saskatchewan. Yeah, I used to play hockey out there a long, long time ago. Uh, Logan Gordon joins us. Uh, we got Will Nault ready to go at 1 o'clock. Steinberg at 2 right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. And I guess I guess there's two things we should kind of mention again. First of all, 
Uh, we are, we've got our eye on the old uh, NBA trade deadline because it's coming up in like eight minutes. So we're going to find out what's going. Norm Powell already traded from the uh, Raptors. And there's other stuff going on too as well, right? Yeah, Matt Thomas, another Raptor. He's on his way to uh, to Utah. We've seen uh, the Orlando Magic uh, pretty much make a, a big overhaul for them today. And we're uh, still waiting word on anything with Kyle Lowry. As far as the Raptors are concerned, it sounds like things were yeah. close with Philadelphia. They've cooled off, but we'll see. The Raptors sound content to uh, to hold on to him if things don't uh, show up in the next couple minutes. That here, would so. be a big fish for sure. Yes. And uh, he has obviously Philadelphia roots, so that would be interesting to see what, what happens with that. We'll keep you posted all afternoon long on that. And the other bit of news is uh, coming from the Canadian government as we've got a bit of report, you know, that 14-day quarantine for NHL players there it looks like there might be an exception. Correct. Uh, this is coming from David Cochran of uh, CBC saying that the federal government uh, will be approving a seven-day quarantine uh, for any NHL player uh, traded from an American team to a Canadian team before the April 12th trade deadline. Uh, there's going to be some extra testing involved with that, and the uh, source that uh, he's going off of for this says that every province with NHL teams has approved of this measure. Uh, so we wait to hear official word from the governments on that. But uh, I would say for contending teams, guys looking to bring somebody in, looking at you, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, ahead of the trade deadline to cut that down in half uh, for the remainder of the season is a huge development ahead of what was looking like a pretty quiet trade deadline, all things considered. But maybe this adds some some spice to it. And we'll see where we're at, I guess, maybe next week, this time next week for the Flames, because maybe they're going to start mm-hmm. thinking, okay, Maybe this is a little easier to to make some stuff happen, uh, both coming and going. So that'll be interesting. Uh, don't forget, guests on Sportsnet 960 The Fan, they uh, appear on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Make it a great night. Choose anything from pizza and wings to pasta and seafood or steaks and ribs. Order now through DoorDash or Dine-In at 6060 Memorial Drive in the Northeast. What do you guys got coming up after 1 o'clock as the big show is set to roll? We're going to chat with Adam Stanley, our PGA analyst. We'll dive into that, uh, get a look at uh, what's coming up. You mentioned that Masters pool that uh, mm-hmm. Ryan's running, so I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll get Adam in on that, maybe get you some early looks at what to, to check out for that. Some and, dark horses, perhaps. Yes, of course. And, uh, of course, we'll get through everything uh, in last night's loss to Ottawa, yesterday afternoon, I should say. Uh, between the Flames and the Senators and start to take a look towards the um, series with the Jets that starts tomorrow, yeah, three I, games from the Dome. I didn't know what to do with myself on uh, yesterday afternoon after the, the thing no. was done. It's like, okay, well, it's kind of early. And it's like usually we're just getting into the second period or Don't just get getting – and mm-hmm. so that was a – that was a little bit weird, and, uh, yeah, so far we don't like 3 o'clock starts. Uh, don't love them. No good. No good. So, I don't know. This, is, this has been something else. So, I know Pat's got his thoughts. He had overtime going last night. Will's got his thoughts. And uh, I I imagine they will spar. We'll get Willsy in at 4 o'clock and, and see if we can make some sense of what's going on. I know it's frustrating for people. We wanted, we wanted this. We wanted the Flames back in the playoffs. I know we certainly did. And, uh, you know, maybe it can still happen, but it looks like a real tough climb for the Flames right now is they're going to have to go on a serious, serious run playing 700 hockey, and they haven't uh, haven't been able to do that or anywhere close to that. So it would have to be a huge, huge change. So government news for the quarantine. So that's interesting. NBA 
continues with their trade deadline about, uh, well, four minutes away. We'll get all the updates on that on Trending Now and a whole bunch more. Will Nolt, Logan Gordon, Hour 1, Big Show, next, Sportsnet 960.